5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Men. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Carolina going to put its four-game winning streak on the line tonight. They'll face number 18, Campbell. Big neutral site midweek game at the Segra Stadium in Fayetteville. Uh, we have uh, coverage beginning at 545 here on 94.3 The Game. Scooter Rogers and Dr. Gary Overton. Pirates and Campbell's, uh, Camels met back in... Bowie's Creek on February 21st, and uh, the Camels took that one 6-5 in 10 innings. It is Zach Root, 2-0 at the 2.76 earn run average on the mound for the Pirates. Taking the bump for the Fighting Camels right-hander Hunter Lloyd, 1-1 with a 5-11 ERA. Uh, Trey Savage uh, coming off for the conference pitcher of the week after his performance last Friday against Missouri State, scoreless 7 and a third. Uh, outing for him and we're going to have him on Friday and uh, we'll have that series for you as well right here on the uh, flagship of Pirate Baseball 94-3 the game. Thanks for being with us today. Philip the Ref Pilkington producing. We'll hear from Pilk with an update coming up in a little bit. Kevin Williams ECU golf coach set to join us. Pirates coming off a big victory at the uh, ECU Intercollegiate on Tuesday, and uh, they had the uh, top individual honor as well, so we'll jump into uh, some of that coming up. But uh, right now, we will be uh, taking a look at pirate football in our daily pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. ECU football starting their second week of spring ball. This was Coach Houston's uh, thoughts immediately following uh, practice on Tuesday. Uh, finally got some spring weather this afternoon. Woke up this morning, it was 26. So I was wondering what it was going to be like today. But it was a nice day out there. Um, you know, I thought Saturday was really, really good after looking at the film. Uh, and I tell you, when we put them in situations where they, you know, where it's live and there's something on it and, you know, they're competing. We're finding out so much about each other because you can't simulate that. And uh, I think that's a big thing for us right now is getting as many reps uh, as possible, you know, with, with both sides of the ball so we can, you know, get everybody playing more comfortable together, you know, figure out what pieces go where. Uh, but, you know, so many positives, uh, obviously t- tons of stuff to improve on. And uh, the big thing we talked about this week is just being consistent, you know, being consistent with our performance, you know, having a great day, not just a great play. And uh, so I thought that uh, thought we went out there and we did some good stuff. We finished the uh, finished the day with a live uh, first and goal from the seven drill. 
for all three units. And so uh, you put it, put it down that close to the goal line, the temperature gets pretty hot. And so it was highly competitive out there. So uh, really good. Uh, look forward to uh, you know being back out on the grass uh, later on this week. And then uh, really looking forward to Saturday with our first uh, live scrimmage. Coach Houston asked about uh, when comprising the depth chart or an idea of a depth chart out of the spring. Is that consistency what he is looking for? Well, I mean, I think the, the most consistent guys, obviously, are the ones that have played. I mean, we talked about it on Saturday. Those defensive linemen have played a lot of snaps here. And so, you know, they're not making mental errors. They're executing very well. They're fundamentally sound. They play with a tremendous amount of intensity and edge. Um, you know, so you look at a group like that, you know, they're being very, very consistent. Um, you know, I think Marlon Gunn has had a good start to the spring. You know, you know really, really pleased with him. Um, Kerry King, I thought, had a really good first week. And I challenged him today, and I go, don't go out there and crap the bed, you know, because you had a good first week. You know, defensively, I think Devin King had a really good first week. Uh, Siobhan had a really good first week. Um, you know, guys like Tegan and Julius, I mean, you expect them to go out there and look like starters because they've started so many games for us. But, uh, you know, really excited to see some of those some of those younger guys, you know, looking more and more like guys that are ready to play. Pirates, of course, like uh, many programs, bringing in a lot of transfers, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Coach Houston asked if any had caught his eye. You know, Dean Ash, you know, my, my question on him was, would he hit you? Uh, he showed us Saturday he'll hit you. Uh, and so, you because know, he's a long, rangy, athletic guy, certainly he can cover a lot of ground back there. So it was good to see. Now, the challenge for him is just, you know, stacking days together, really, you know, really, uh, you know, getting really sound with the scheme and, 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 and assignment sound. Um, I thought Ra Ra really came on late in the week last week. Uh, so you know he he and Kingston are battling it out there at the uh, at the Sam position. Um, I think you'll see the you know a couple of those linebackers continue to improve as they get a better feel for the scheme. It's because you get you get a new scheme and it's fast in there in the box. Um, so uh, you know I think I think those guys. I thought Gerald uh, was very solid Saturday, uh, transfer running back. Uh, and uh, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to help us. So I think we've got several of the new guys that are contributing already. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. This is your daily pirate report. We're talking ECU spring football here on 94.3 The Game uh, during our uh, report. A question from our very own Philip the Ref Pilkington about uh, how guys have handled uh, the install and some of the new things, particularly on offense, that the Pirates are going to be trying. Well, I mean, I think... I think the guys that have played a lot, I mean, they, they're handling it better than the ones that's new to them. So uh, some of the guys that just got here, or some of the freshmen, you know, they're they're struggling because we've, you know, you put in a lot so fast in the spring. So you know, by the end of the week, we'll have you know most of our you know complete package on both sides of the ball in. So um, I think it's, I think it's just like you know what we talked about with consistency. The guys that have played are handling it better than the young ones. Coach Houston was asked about uh, these guys competing against one another. Well, I think we have I think we have high character young men in our program. Um, I know that they're very enjoyable to coach. I mean, I, the the position coaches talk about just how enjoyable this group has been so far this spring. So uh, you know, I think it is. I think we have a strong bond in our in our locker room, and I think those kids, you know. Our, our leadership council is kind of small uh, because, you know, it's just kind of the guys that uh, have returned from last year. But, you know, they've been very vocal about, you know, what they want uh, in our locker room as far as leadership and as far as, you know, things they want, things they don't want. And I think, uh, yeah, I think they're talking a lot in there about, uh, you know, protecting our culture. Coach was uh, asked uh, about uh, the new faces and uh, some of the increased roles of 
new players in the program? Well, I think you, you know, I think you had some guys that have been in the program. I mean, they were in the program when I got here. Um, that you know that class graduated, and so now you have uh, you know a little bit of a changing of the guard. I mean, you know, it's, it's no more reflective than the quarterback room. You know, Holt Naylor started, you know, every game but one. You know, during my first four years, and so now you know Holton's he's preparing for you know his his next steps in life, and uh, hopefully continue continue to still play football. Um, and so now you have a new leader in that offensive huddle. And uh, Mason is is a part of our leadership council, and uh, you know he's he's really doing a good job. But it's new, it's different. You know, it's a new role for him. This was a question from Two Four Sevens Hoist the Colors, Stephen Igo about the Pirates um, and the older guys. Julius Woods, I think, is who he was referencing here. Uh, being you know welcoming may not be the right word, but kind of showing the young guys the ropes. As they go along, Coach Houston's response to that query. I think there's a combination of embracing and uh, also, you know, making them, you know, earn their way. You know, I think I think that's important too. Um, everybody's got a fair shot. I mean, uh, like I like we talked about uh, last week. You know, nobody can sit here and say that they're not getting a chance. Uh, but you know, I think they've they embrace the new players in the program, the transfers. You know, they welcome them into the room. Uh, they welcome them into the locker room. But at the same time, now they do expect them to adjust to our standards for the way we work, the way we compete, the way we conduct ourselves. Uh, so it's not like they just get a free pass. They got to come in here and they they have to assimilate to our culture. Uh, and I think I think I think that the kids are doing a good job with that. But uh, I, I do think that the way our guys welcome them in does help them understand that you know we're going to do do things a certain way, and it doesn't really matter. You know how you did it, where you came from. A question about uh, ECU freshman running back from uh, Georgia, Javius Bond. Well, he got rocked the last play of the uh, competition out there. I'll tell you, he's going to be a really good player for us. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's got he's got the it factor, uh, and he's got some dog in him. And he doesn't back down from anything. But he he learned a valuable lesson today. He tried to bounce his own play on the goal line, and got uh, got the snot knocked out of him. So. You know, it's uh, you know some of the things that you can do in high school. You know, you can't do at this level. Uh, so I, I I think he is a guy that's going to get better every time he goes out there. Uh, no different than Raheem Jeter. I thought Raheem looked much better today than he looked last week. Uh, you know, he every day he's going to get more reps. He's going to get more comfortable. Uh, you know, those two kids right there. You know, they have a bright future here at East Carolina. Good stuff there. That is today's pirate report. Stay tuned when we come back on this uh, shortened edition of the Patrick Johnson Show as we get you ready for ECU baseball coming up tonight. We'll hear from uh, ECU golf coach Kevin Williams. Big victory for his program yesterday. And we'll talk uh, pirate golf and golf with Coach Williams next. Peace up. We told you yesterday as it uh, came in about the time we were uh, about to wrap up our show, but ECU Golf with a big win yesterday at the ECU Intercollegiate at Brook Valley, presented by Dogwood State Bank. And Kevin Williams, our old friend, coach of uh, ECU Golf, with us here on the PJ Show, as uh, they got a great victory yesterday. Kevin, great to talk to you, and congratulations to you and all of the guys. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate you having me on the show. Very excited for the team, and obviously proud of uh, our performance, uh, uh, especially Lucas Augustin who's a freshman on the team from Sweden. He was uh, rock solid. Um, 
shooting seven under par the last 36 holes. Wow. To, to win. And so that was, that was pretty special to watch. And, uh, he, he's a good one now, but he's got a chance to be, uh, really special. So we're excited for the future. Yeah. 54 hole score of, uh, three under to claim top individual honors yesterday for Lucas Augustin. Uh, tell me a little bit about how he wound up in Greenville and, and give us a little bit of a primer on his game, at least through the, uh, event, uh, yesterday. So he, um, enlisted the services of College Sports America, which is uh, a group over in England that helps international players find colleges in the U.S. And they help from the standpoint of contacting coaches and, and you know, social media stuff, et cetera. And I saw, ran across Lucas's name. Funny thing is, I just returned from, just come back from the University of South Carolina, and we had recruited a young lady from Sweden. And I asked her to give me five names uh, in my conversations with her during, during the summer uh, prior to starting here. And, and she gave me five names, but Lucas wasn't one of, one of them. And she actually didn't really know Lucas. And the reason she didn't know him was Lucas had a great summer in 21 when I just got uh, hired to come back. Right. And you could, the whole summer you could see his game and his scores getting lower and lower. And so obviously we got in touch with him, started talking to him, had great conversations with him. The one thing that stood out that stands out even more now that I see him on a day to day basis is he, uh, he is very organized. He has a plan. He practices with purpose. Uh, he has a plan when he comes to practice of what he's trying to accomplish. Cause you know, a lot of times these guys are out on their own practicing. And, uh, he's, uh, he's just a diligent worker, hard worker from the standpoint of being very, uh, sound and, and sticking to his plan. And, uh, as we've kind of said all year for the team, we've got, in order to get better, we have to dot the I's and cross the T's. And the nice thing about Lucas, he was already doing it. And so, uh, he's, uh, extremely talented, very, uh, gifted athletically, has a lot of club head speed, but even more so, a lot of times with guys that are very uh, organized like that, they're they're a little too analytical. Right. And yeah. he is. And he is. But he he frees it up when he plays, which is boy, that's a great combination to be very analytical. But when it comes time and they ring the bell and you go out and play, that you just get out of analytics. It's about playing golf, and so he has this feel and vision for hitting certain shots. Uh, that, that at times drives me crazy, right? And, uh, but, but at the same time, you, I don't want to hold that back. You know, I, I, I'll give you this quick story. We're at River Run in the fall, the second term of the year. We have really struggled in the first tournament and Lucas likes to hit this cut shot and we're on this far five. He's, you know, he's 225 yards out and he's like, I, I think I'm going to hit, he was going to hit too much club, right? And he's going to hit this cut shot that was going to start at this rock that was 40 yards left of the green. I'm thinking, why are you going to hit it that far left of the green? Right. To, I mean, you could hit it 10 yards left of the green, right? 20 yards left. It was 40. But he has this vision. He didn't pull the shot off, right? So he did that. Like, that's the Madden part. But, but I don't want to hold him back from, you know, being creative. And uh, I think it's part of why he's been a little inconsistent this year 
But for the most part, he's been really consistent this spring, and you're starting to see him come into his own. And I think he's realizing that maybe I don't need to be so drastic in what I'm thinking. And that's hopefully what Mike and Cato and I have helped them with is just kind of let's, let's rein it in a little bit. Let's, right. You know, let's see things, but let's not see them in such a broad uh, canvas. Let's kind of narrow the canvas a little bit. Kevin Williams coaches uh, men's golf for ECU. Uh, want, want to ask you, or just kind of lay out there for the folks uh, the the type of final round that Lucas had yesterday. He he gets uh, a couple of uh, birdies, actually uh, five birdies, but he eagled number two. So he he went from seventy six to sixty nine to sixty eight. So he really finished strong. I mean, you indicated what he did over the final thirty six, but I mean that's a strong finish. Uh, Very, on, you know, on yeah. closing day when when you when it's yeah. winning time. Yeah, and the, and the bunker shot he hit on number two. If anybody's ever played Brook Valley, the flag was back middle, so it's got a ridge to the right of it, yeah. somewhat protecting it. And he was in the bunker, the upper part of the right bunker, so he's short of it, terrible angle. He can't miss this green to the right. And Cato and I were behind the green, kind of watching it unfold. And it's kind of one of those shots as a coach you don't want to go near because. You know, you're like, okay, what's he going to try to pull off? And uh, and we're like, you know, just anywhere on the green would be good. There was only one spot he could hit this ball and get it close, and that was just below the top of the ridge. So he hits his bunker shot. It hits just below the top of the ridge. And Mike and I said at the same time, that's going to be pretty good. And it starts <laughs> trickling down down the hill and goes right in the hole. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah. So he, but he has that kind of creativity. and. Uh, it was an unbelievable shot. Did it surprise us that he pulled off? Yes, but at the same time, he can hit those kind of shots, which is pretty pretty special. Pirates and uh, Lucas Augustin uh, taking uh, top honors at the ECU Intercollegiate. Uh, Pirates winning it. Uh, Kevin Williams, our old friend golf coach with us here. I want you to talk about the other guys a little bit, Coach. But, but before we do, one other note on Lucas, just really these – Foreign players. I mean, you've had a great deal of success in the women's program uh, with those kind of players uh, throughout your career. With these international players, especially the younger ones, how is their game or maybe their approach to the game different? And, and how is it maybe similar to, to players here uh, domestically? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, number one, when they get to school, they're a year older. So they, they're already 19 years old. So they're in uh, what they call universities over in, in uh-huh. Europe, for, uh-huh. for in, in Sweden and Norway for, for three years. And that's kind of where we've lived as far as recruiting-wise as the Scandinavian countries and have had, obviously, like you said, some success when I was coaching on the women's side. And so we have a Norwegian and a Swede this year, and Lucas being from Sweden, they bring a couple things to the table. Number one, they came over here for one reason, golf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're already really good in school. And, and a lot of the classes they've taken in these universities over in Europe are what they take the first two years in school here. So they're already also a good start academically. It's still an adjustment, right, language-wise and stuff. But they, you know, they're already also good students. I mean, Lucas had a, a highest GPA in the fall. The other kid had our second highest. So they're, they're a little more adjusted. And a lot of times they're at schools where they 
golf in the morning, go to class, then golf in the evening. A lot of times it's indoors, obviously, during the wintertime because uh, they have a short season over there. But the maturity level they come in with, the focus to the attention to detail that they receive at these schools uh, they go to, it would be like in the U.S. US going to these IMG academies and where you basically are playing your sport and you're going to class. And so uh, that they have a lot of those set up over in Europe. And so I think the maturity level they come in with, the skill set they, they've been uh, taught because only the best players in their country are going to these schools, right? And so they're getting really good training. They're getting good physical training in the weight room. And then they're getting mental coaching as well. And so they just come in a little bit at a different level. They've had, like, say, for instance, someone here in the U.S. who's not on a uh, somewhat national team, uh, it's basically them and their parents and their teacher. And if their teacher has time for them, right, they give them golf lessons, et cetera. And over there, these coaches at these schools are going to tournaments with these kids. And there's a huge difference between teaching golf and coaching golf. Teaching golf, you're on the practice tee, you see them hit balls on a range, but there's a big difference between hitting balls on a range and, right. and taking it to the golf course, right? Yeah. And so coaching involves seeing them on the range, seeing them in competition, seeing them under the gun. And, and I think uh, they just come over with some advantages, Patrick, that we don't have. Now, the USGA is creating a national team, but how many, what do we have? 300 million people in this country? Uh, you know, I mean, how big can the national team be, right? So it's only going to be a few, few people right. on that national team. Yeah. Whereas in Sweden, you know, it's a small country. And so if you can grab somebody like Lucas, for instance, is on, was on the, one of their regional teams. Oh, gotcha. Not on the, the, the full national team. National team's probably got like 12 boys. And so he's on the uh, regional team that has about 30. Okay. And so, uh, but just the, 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 um, just everything that's involved with that is, is huge for these guys when they come over to the U.S. Kevin Williams, ECU golf coach, Pirates uh, taking the ECU Intercollegiate at Brook Valley yesterday. Uh, what, some of the other players on your uh, team this uh, spring, give, give us, uh, you know, na- name names there. Tell us about some of the other players okay. for you. Well, the, the feature of our program basically revolves around uh, – the, the two freshmen I just mentioned, Lucas Augustin and Philip Bondestad, who's from Norway, those two have been really, really good for us this year. Philip's been unbelievable at home, has not performed in tournaments as well as he would like or we would like. Uh, stroke average, is, is, there's, a, there's a bigger difference than there should be. I think he tries to be be somebody that at home he he doesn't try to be that person like right, he tries to right. be perfect when he's on the road and struggled at times but it's really been a has been a big help for us in tournaments the uh, two sophomores Tyler the cellist uh, from Clayton and Carter Bussey from Davidson North Carolina those two you're going to hear a lot from they I think it's hard you know I think it's harder for the U.S. kids to adjust when they first come to college right and and uh, more so, especially on the guy's side. And so that adjustment period, I think Carter and Tyler had it last year. Uh, I think the, the arrival of Lucas and Phillip and their skill set is going to really make a big difference. Uh, Tyler and Carter both uh, played very well at times of spring force. Carter had a really uh, better fall than Tyler did. 
and Tyler's having probably a little bit better spring, but those guys are really uh, are going to be a force to reckon with. And so I really feel good about that core. Um, we have two grad guys, uh, Nick Brown uh, from Greenville originally, went to D.H. Conley High School, went to Carolina Dam this summer, and a guy by the name of Stuart Fuller. They're both six-year guys. And uh, this is obviously using their COVID year and had a transfer year in there, but mm-hmm. the older guys and um, really good players. They, they, they'll they tell you they haven't played like they thought they would play this year. I call it senioritis. Right. You're in your last year. You're trying too daggone hard. You know, you put all these expectations on yourself. You don't hit those expectations. So you kind of beat yourself up really bad. And, and I, that's kind of, you know, the pressure you put on yourself, they really haven't handled it as well. Uh, but they're both extremely talented players. And so I, I think that's, that's the six, you know, that we look to, right. to make a big impact in these next two tournaments leading up to the conference tournament, uh, the middle of May. I mean, excuse me, middle of April. I hear you what you're saying on senioritis. My senioritis at APA and ECU <laughs> a lot different than their senioritis. I was I wasn't putting a lot of pressure on myself with my senioritis <laughs> in high school and college. Uh, we got Kevin Williams with us here. Uh, off week for the Pirates this week, and then uh, Cutter Creek in Snow Hill is where uh, the Pirates will be in action starting Friday the 31st in the Cutter Cle- uh, Cutter Creek Intercollegiate. Uh, so give us a little bit of a primer on that field. Well, uh, when I came back to ECU, 20, summer 21, Don Hill, who's from Mount Olive, North Carolina, uh, coached at UNC, was an assistant at South Carolina, and he's the head coach at Elon University. He and Coach Sapp, uh, who was here before me, were talking about hosting an event at Cutter Creek. And so Don and I started talking about it a little bit, and obviously didn't do anything last year, but we decided to put something together uh, this weekend. UNC Charlotte, Davidson used to co-host an event that they dropped off the schedule, so we, we, we thought we'd take their dates. Okay. And so we created this event at Coast at uh, Cutter Creek, excuse me, and we're excited. It is a fantastic golf course oh, yeah. uh, in Snow Hill, North Carolina. You know, uh, Cam McRae owns the golf course. I'm so proud of the job he has done with that golf course and what they've, the, the, the condition of it. He's built cottages out there. I, I really, I, I just think it's, uh, it's a hidden gem without question. And, and, and I think it's going to surprise some teams. You know, we only have 10 teams this year. We were hoping for 12. I, I don't think, and as Don and I have talked, we won't have any problem having 12 next year after these schools play it. The University of Rhode Island actually is coming down to play in it. They came down to a tournament in Myrtle Beach, I guess, a week ago. And so they came over and played the practice day at Cutter, and, and the coach just was raving about the golf course, the kids on the team. Uh, it's just it's just a great track. And so we're excited for the test uh, at Cutter. Our guys love playing Cutter Creek. And I'm, and I'm not sure if they love the course as much as they love the breakfast burritos. <laughs> in the grill. <laughs> and I'll, I'm telling you, Patrick, it's worth it if you're hungry sometime and it's morning time or even lunch. Just stop by Cutter Creek and, and let those girls make your breakfast burrito. Uh, it would be worth the trip. Noted. Very much so noted. Uh, <laughs> hey, really quick, uh, golf right now for the weekend warrior set uh, or, or just people that that play in an amateur setting 
especially around Greenville and Eastern North Carolina, is pretty darn healthy right now, isn't it? It is. I, I think the, the three clubs in town, Greenville, Country Club, Brook Valley, and Ironwood, all three are doing really well. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before, and I think I said it to you uh, on the show previous, that that golf in, in 2019 was on life support. Right. The, all the numbers were going down. They were not going down at a slow pet pace. It was pretty rapid pace. Everybody was struggling. You could get golf for hardly, you know, nothing. Everybody was giving it away. Memberships, giving it away. And the pandemic, to be honest, saved golf. And it's amazing to see the difference now of how uh, the rebirth, so to speak, of golf and what it's done uh, for the average golfer. Uh, it's just all, the, all three clubs in town are doing great across the country. Golf, it, it's amazing. Uh that what's happened is we've been rejuvenated and more people are playing and more people are getting golf lessons. Memberships or clubs are growing. And so it's, it's, it's fun to see. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Hey, congratulations on the win at the event, uh, Brook Valley. Good luck, uh, at Cutter Creek, uh, next weekend. And, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon, Kevin. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Patrick. Stick and stay. We'll wrap things up right after this. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update. East Carolina freshman Lucas Augustin was named the American Athletic Conference Male Golfer of the Week, according to announce an, an announcement Wednesday afternoon. On Tuesday, Augustin earned his first collegiate win, posting a personal best tournament of score of 213, which was three under for the entire tournament, as he helped the Pirates to earn their first win of the 2022-2023 season at the ECU Intercollegiate. West Carteret alum Jackson Ellingsworth has entered the transfer portal. The freshman appeared in just five games this season for the ECU men's basketball team. Breaking news just got a text from Scooter that first pitch of tonight's baseball game between East Carolina and Campbell has been pushed back to 6.30. And it's not too late to get out to Johnson Stadium and support the Pirate women's lacrosse team. They are currently hosting number 18 Duke. The Pirates are off to a great start this year. They are 8-1, and one, but trail in this one is 6-1 with 3.58 remaining in the first quarter. Pirates' long goal came from Ellie Bromley. Moving on to the NFL, the Jets have added another big-name wide receiver as they signed former Chiefs wideout Nicole Hartman to a one-year deal. In order to make room for him in the wide receiver room, they had to trade third-year wide receiver Elijah Moore. They traded him to the Browns. They sent him and a third-round pick in this year's draft and received a second-round pick from Cleveland. The Raiders have added a new weapon for Jimmy Garoppolo as they signed former Falcons tight end Austin Hooper to a one-year deal. It's Major League Baseball bad news for the Astros. Their starting second baseman Jose Altuve will be out at least two months. He had hand surgery to repair a broken right thumb that was suffered on Saturday when he was hit by a 96-mile-an-hour fastball from Daniel Bard and Venezuela's loss to the United States in the World Baseball Classic. The CBI final is going on currently right now. Charlotte leads Eastern Kentucky 35-17. to Right now the Niners are shooting an astounding 71% from the field. If the 49ers can hold on, they will be the second team in a row from the state of North Carolina to win the CBI as UNCW brought home the title a year ago. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update. I'm Philip. 
Thanks to Kevin Williams for being on with us, uh, and congratulations to the uh, young freshman winning the Golfer of the Week in the American. Wouldn't you know who won the pony? Uh, we are going to be uh, not starting baseball coverage until 6.15, so they pushed it back 30 minutes, so we'll go with you till the top of the hour here. Uh, update on the game happening right now at Johnson Stadium. And they are getting underway in the second. It is number 18, Duke 9, East Carolina 3. And uh, the Pirates are on defense right now. So that is uh, what is happening there. Uh, keep you updated on that as best uh, we can. Uh, Philip, the ref, Pilkington producing today. Pilk, uh no surprise as it was uh, entered into the transfer porter, uh, portal, Jackson Ellingsworth. And uh, no no shock there. I'd heard a couple days ago that that was likely the direction he was uh, headed in. Uh, I think uh, I think this is a good situation that worked out for him in Greenville, even though he didn't play a ton as a walk-on. Uh, but, he look, he's 6'9", legit, skilled, can shoot. And he still was the East-West All-Star game with 29 points, 20 rebounds. And he still averaged over 21 a game and 10 rebounds in both the seasons at West Carteret. Now, you know, he's got a chance to probably, if we're being honest, ratchet down maybe low D1, low major, uh, you know, high D2. But I think there's going to be so many people out there that need to fill rosters with bodies, particularly on, you know, like a big South level, SoCon level, he'll, he'll be able to find a home. I mean, hell, Tay Mosher found a home at Bryant this year. And I think Ellingsworth's a better player than Tay Mosher ever dreamed of being. So I'm anxious to see where uh, Jackson uh, lands. I know, uh, a little bit about his family. I've, I've gotten to know them over the last uh, several months with him being in Greenville. And, um, I, you know, the reason he was not recruited at 6'9 out of West Carteret because he wasn't an AAU kid. He's, I mean, just didn't play AAU. He was like the end of the beach, I suppose. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I think it's going to wind up being a positive uh, for him. Uh, and, and having played in Mike Schwartz's program, it'll be a positive, uh, thing for, uh, for him. Uh, Lucas Augustin, as we, uh, mentioned, AAC male golfer of the week, as he won individuals at the, uh, pirate event. They'll play again, as, uh, we just told you when we were talking to Kevin at, uh, Cutter Creek. Pilk, are you, do you still get out and hit the links or no? Yeah, I try to. It's it's tough when you know you got to work baseball all weekend. But uh, yeah, I, I try. Have my you best. played Cutter Creek though in your? No, your time? I, have, I have not played Cutter Creek. Okay, we need to get you out to Cutter Creek. Uh, big release today from uh, ECU. The Henry and Hank Hinton families made a leadership gift to the Pirates Unite campaign for comprehensive excellence. Uh, that was announced today. The investment will directly impact multiple. Facility Projects, Pirates Unite campaign for Comprehensive Excellence, $60 million fundraising campaign. It was initiated to create the opportunity for donors to partner and invest 
in ECU Athletics of the Pirate Club. Nearly $16 million has been raised through the first nine months of the campaign. And, uh, of course, uh, the Hinton's own Interbanks Media, which is our parent uh, company, our ownership group, uh, one of six FM stations in eastern North Carolina. And uh, what a big honor. I mean, Henry and his wife, Debbie, have been in the Pirate Club for almost 40 years. Uh, and, uh, of course, Hank and uh, his wife, Meredith, who was a student athlete at East Carolina, and Courtney, you don't want to forget Henry's daughter, Courtney, all uh, a part of this uh, gift to uh, the Pirates Unite campaign, which uh, is going after the construction of the newly constructed Swimming locker room for Minji's state-of-the-art multi-purpose indoor practice facility, full-length football field will be used by all sports programs, of course. Uh, and expansion of the uh, Williams Harvey Team Sports Building to enhance the overall footprint for Olympic sports, renovations to the lower bowl of Minji's, premium seating options, hospitality space, that all can't come soon enough. There's a lot that needs to be done to Minji's, frankly. Expansion of the current baseball. Stadium, larger locker room, team space, and a premium seating space, and uh, sports program restricted fund and athletics excellent fund to emphasize sports-specific giving and designated support in areas of priority. So uh, it was nice to see that today, ECU releasing that uh, bit of information, and uh, that is a, a good and positive uh, thing uh, for the Pirates there. Uh, in case you're just tuning in, getting ready for uh, ECU baseball, not happening to uh, at uh, 6 o'clock. It's been pushed back as the start time to 6, uh, 6.30. So it'll be 6.15 uh, where uh, Scooter Rogers and the uh, one and only uh, Dr. Gary Overton will be bringing uh, you coverage of uh, that. So that'll be pushed back uh, to that time, we will uh, be back with you tomorrow for a uh, fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson uh, Show. Uh, live with you tomorrow with uh, Brian Mall. Uh, have him on to talk a little, uh, talk a little uh, Sweet Sixteen, which gets going tomorrow. Pilk, are you in the uh, the little office uh, deal we're doing Sweet Sixteen? Did you have you entered into into said event? No, I haven't. I was going to talk to Dan today, and I forgot he's not here on Wednesday, so I was going to talk to him about it tomorrow morning because I know he's the one quarterback in this whole thing. Well, just email him. Oh, there you go. Email yeah. Him. Yeah, I mean, I why would to. you need to talk to him? You got I mean, you should be in this. I know. I should. I always, I've always uh, do bad in these things. I don't know why. I'm, I'm terrible. Oh, I do awful in them. I do awful in them. I mean, I, I am I am no prog. I, I, but nobody does well in them. If That's you think true. about it. That's true. I mean, you right. know, how many people picked Fairleigh Dickinson, right? Well, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, I mean, it's it's people who like the names that do well in these things. But you need cookies in it. You need to get in it. We, oh, cookies in it. Yeah, we, can't have, we cannot have Cookie winning this thing. So you're right. I do need to get in it. Oh, no. Because it was well, bad no. enough when he picked the Super Bowl score right. He was still bragging well, about that last night. And, uh, cookie, yeah, we can't have Cookie. Cookie winning. knows a little bit about um, – Cookie knows a little bit about um, football. Not a basketball savant, though. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, we were sitting in here last. Uh, I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, and I said something about the tournament being on it. He goes, "I couldn't even tell you who's in it." And there was a game yeah. going on right in front of us. See, Cookie's that's why it's great yet. that he's in this. This is why you've got to get in it as well. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, sports wagering. Uh, 
passed the committee yesterday. It has passed the House Judiciary Committee. So I think it's got two more committees to pass before it goes to the House. Uh, our guy Brian Murphy reports a busy day on the NC Sports wagering beat. Some quick notes, except expect the start date to be pushed back to January 8th. Of course, the college football playoff semifinals are January 1st, wouldn't you know? Uh, and opponents have not been able to get uh, any amendments in. And so this is different from last year where those who were against it were able to get um, amendments in. Remember the guy talking about some point-shaving scheme scam from the 1950s? And so that's what really bogged it down. They'd actually gotten in there not you weren't going to be able to wager on college sports, which if, if you – can't wager on college sports. I, I don't understand what the purpose would be in our state. So this seems to be the indication, according to Brian Murphy, who's the sports investigative reporter for WREL, that this is a a done deal. Um, so representatives, I guess, from the Hurricane Centennial Authority, MGM Fanatics, Geo Comply, we're at the hearings today. There were opponents at these hearings today from Stop Predatory Gambling and NC Family Policy Council. Uh, looking at the story now, North Carolina can expect less than $3 million in tax revenue from more mobile sports wagering the first six months with operators able to deduct an unlimited amount of bonus or promotional credits, according to to the legislator's fiscal research analysis under the proposed legislature, people in North Carolina could wager on a professional college, Olympic, and e-sports on their mobile phone or other electronic device by the end of January. Sports betting is currently legal at three tribal casinos in the state. Uh, the new House bill imposes a 14% privilege tax on the operator's adjusted gross revenue and calls for between 10 and 12 operators in the state. The bill allows unlimited deductions of the bonuses and promotional credits used to attract new customers through January 1st, 2025. Those deductions are phased out completely in 2027. So this is uh, on its way. Jason Sane uh, talking about it. Let's see if we can get uh, him on. But a couple more committees to go through before it heads to the House. Basically, the Senate has said they will jump on it. And, uh, of course, the governor has indicated he would sign it into law. And it's about time. And I understand people's reservations for this, but it is happening. And it will happen in greater numbers, which will bring revenue into North Carolina. And, look, I know people, Pilk, I'm sure you know people that are laying wagers on things. I know people that are doing this on these offshore accounts. I, look, I know people that went up for the first weekend in March Madness to the new casino in Portsmouth, which isn't that far from here, to lay a bet at the sports book. You know, nothing crazy. So, I mean, the, the, the money, might as well have the money here and go towards things here. And, you know, the tax revenues here. So we'll update you on that tomorrow uh, as uh, we continue to watch this, but this seems uh, imminent, and that is something that Jason Sane said, and we're going to have uh, Representative Sane on when we get 
a little closer to the finish line on this. All right, uh, time out. We'll come back, and we'll uh, get you set for baseball. Again, if you're just joining us looking for Pirate Baseball, uh, because of weather, the game has been delayed. The start time has until 6.30, so an approximate 6.15 airtime for uh, Pirate Baseball here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, we'll be right back to wrap up the show right after this. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Pirate uh, baseball coming up at 6.30. So uh, the precip, let's just say, in uh, Fayetteville has uh, caused that game to get pushed back. Do we know, uh, Pilk, see if you can find out from Scoot if if they flip the coin and who the home team is going to be. Because it's a neutral game. And kind of like you would the, you know, final game of uh, a super you flip the coin on who's going to be the home team. And uh, Cliff Godwin told us yesterday that that was, uh, or Monday, that that was going to be the case, and uh, that that's the case. So uh, Pirates could very well be the home team. And I don't know. I, I think J.J. McLam was going to handle the uh, coin flip part of that. Campbell is going to be the home team. Just got to text So Campbell scooter. will be the home team? Yep. Okay. There you go. So. I mean, it's a neutral game. I'm sure there'll be a lot of purple and gold in the stands. And look, Pirates owe these guys from uh, going to play that first week, midweek game. And, and Cliff Godwin said as much this week that, you know, they have not had success while in school during these midweek games. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out tonight. Brute will go for the Pirates. 6.30 will be the first pitch. 6.15 the airtime. We'll have a complete recap for you tomorrow. On Talk of the Town, 103.7 WTIB, other outlets as well, with sports. And then back here tomorrow in our Pirate Report for the Patrick Johnson Show. Thanks to Kevin Williams for stopping by today. And thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington for his great job producing. We will uh, see you tomorrow live for the Patrick Johnson Show. And tomorrow morning on Talk of the Town, enjoy the game tonight, everybody. It's the only place you can consume it. No stream. Go Pirates.